What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. I'm here with Joanne uh-huh. and I'm doing something I told her I have never done before. I literally, she slid into my DMs or my in my uh, email and I was like, hey, let's collaborate. Let's podcast. And I checked her out. I went over to her site. It's fancyfreepodcast.com. And I was like, let's freaking do it. You seem like someone who is awesome. You have a really cool podcast vibe. I checked it out. I love it because tell me about why you started the Fancy Free Podcast. I think it is such a great, such a great motto and such a great motto for life and for moms and for women, like to just go for life and don't worry about it. So tell me about the origination of Fancy Free Podcast. Yes. Okay. Well, I have a blog and one day I got stuck in a dress at Dillard's and I wrote a story, a funny story about having gotten stuck in this dress at Dillard's. When it happened, I had to have the sales girl come in and help me get out of this dress. It's not, it's not like the zipper was stuck. I was like, I wedged myself into a dress that was so much too small for me that I, I literally just could not get it off. And, um, it, it was a very humbling experience because the whole reason I went down to Dillard's is because I gained a little weight and my mom had come and said, oh, they're having a sale. So I was searching through these racks and I was just loving this one rack of clothes and I was searching through and I found this top that I really liked. And then I was like, oh, oh my God, oh, there's the top my mom was wearing. Like I, somehow I must've gotten into the wrong department. Like I, my mom's super cute and stuff, but she's in her seventies. I don't want to dress like her. So <laughs> <laughs> so I hung a really hard right back into the department that I thought I was supposed to be in. Like, you know, the department you look longingly at when you walk by and go to the junior section with your kids, but it's not the old lady department either. Right, right, right. So, and then before, as soon as I was like, oh crap, I just almost tried on an old lady shirt. Then um, I saw this dress. Oh, ah, it was so beautiful. It was this chiffony kind of ivory deep V with some black embroidery, sort of short. I knew it was nothing my mom would ever try on. So I'm like, yes, sister, you are my dress. So I take it in. I try on a whole bunch of stuff to so go and find. Then I put on the dress and it's a size large and it's, um, it was kind of snug. 
and you know how you just kind of like try to shift it around and make it look a little more flattering than it naturally looks and you're like yeah no this is not working it's just not going to be good so I try to get it off I can't get it off it's totally <laughs> stuck and then I realize oh there's a zipper so I lower the zipper and it's still stuck so then the sales lady comes and she's like you doing okay and I'm like I, I put the dress back down and I pop my head out hi um do you this is a size large. Could you check and see if you have this in an extra large? I'm like trying to buy myself some time. Well, when she comes back, I'm still stuck. And I open it. She's like, no, that's as big as the dress comes. This is a wonderful day for my self-esteem. Like, <laughs> the biggest dress they make is too small for me for the warm stuff. So I'm like, can you please come in here really quick? I need help. And she comes in, shuts the door, starts trying to help me get out of this dress. Well, it gets, then she, it's starting to slide. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm, I'm, I'm squatting like a, like an obedient toddler, right? With my hands I mean, up over my head. Are you panicking? Are you oh, panicking? I, yeah. Like I can feel the heat rising. I have to keep telling myself like, don't panic. This is okay. Surely. I mean, I was like, I guess worst case scenario, we tear the seams and then I have to buy it. I could take it home and fix it. But anyway, so she starts getting the dress off of me and it, and then she stops and I'm like, uh, oh my God, what's the matter? And she's like, well, I have an injured shoulder. This is as high as I can go. So now I'm in a deep, deep knee bend trying to get, help this lady help get the dress off me. Finally, she gets it off. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, thank you so much. Meanwhile, I can see feet in the, in the, in the, tri you know, the room next to me. I'm like, we're, <laughs> and we're not alone. <laughs> but so I thought about asking her if I was her first. Cause she seemed like a really experienced sales lady been there a while. And then I was like, no, I just can't, I can't even handle it. I don't even want to know. So the next thing I know I'm in my car and I'm like, okay, I bought the top that I liked. I know I didn't steal it. Cause I hear I have the receipt. <laughs> like right, somehow right. I got out of there. I, I don't think I, you know, anyway. So, but by the time I'm driving home, I've picked my daughter up from gymnastics. We are howling with laughter about this story. <laughs> and we're just, it's like, I, first I was embarrassed. Then I was just amused. I was like, that's hilarious. So then by the time we get home, I'm like, I'm going to just make sure they don't have that dress in extra large because I'm somehow obsessed about that dress. Well, they right. didn't. They only had it in a large. I bought that thing. It's hanging in my closet. Still doesn't fit. But anyway, <laughs> but so <laughs> someday it will. I, then I wrote a story about it on my blog. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys have to hear this funny thing that happened to me. And then I got so much feedback on Facebook about, oh yeah, that happened to me, this happened to me, that happened to me. And I was like, wait, why aren't we telling each other these stories? Why, I know that we tend to want to try to put our best foot forward, but wouldn't it be such a gift to each other if we could show the flip side of the coin every now and then and show each other our underbellies? And, and then I, I was thinking back, to, so, it, so the story got published and then it got published in this, well, on my blog and then in Red Tricycle and they what's changed your, the and title, me, which they do. What's your blog? What's your blog? So people can check the it out. The blog is cozy, blog.com. So it's because I designed a line of um, women's loungewear that has a little soft shelf bra and it's actually in manufacturing right now. Great. The factory's closed at the moment, but yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be, it'll be for sale pretty soon. But so I, st I started the blog to, to sort of chronicle that experience because a physician designing clothes, it's like, how's this happening? So I thought people might be curious about the process. So that's why I blog. But anyway, so I wrote this article about getting stuck in this dress and it got picked up by Red Tricycle and they changed the name to, we should be lowering the bar for each other. And this gal commented on that story saying, Oh, you know, that title I thought was super misleading because I didn't think I was going to find a silly like story about some girl getting stuck in a dress. And it really got me to thinking, 
Yeah, that is actually the main point of this story is that we need to be showing each other these things that happen are not so fancy moments. And we not just so that we all feel less alone in our imperfection, but as a means toward connection and as a mean towards shamelessness and as, as an avenue towards a ripple effect of joy. Because So it reminded me of a Christmas party I'd gone to a few years before. My girlfriend, Karen, had this party. She invited all of her girlfriends from different walks of life. So we were there. We all knew Karen, but a lot of us didn't know each other. We'd seen each other around kind of in the same general circles. But she, So it was one of those, those parties where you steal a gift. And okay. you, so you get a number and then you either oh, yeah. open the Those gift. Those are or you so fun. Okay. So much fun. So, but she added something to it. She had, when your number comes up to tell your most embarrassing story. Oh, I and love I was that. Like, oh, oh, isn't that great? I, that, and that was before, way before I got stuck in the dress, but getting stuck okay. in the dress kind of r- reminded me back to the story. This party, it's the hardest I've ever laughed at a party in all my life. It was like, <laughs> 40 women telling their most embarrassing stories and you could, you know, they're all there. So you can see their mannerisms and their body language. It's just like, oh my gosh, it was the best ab workout. Like if you yeah. want to get together with your girlfriends and work out your abs without actually putting on your workout clothes, you t- tell each other your embarrassing stories. But I tell you, not only did it give me nuggets of things to go back and laugh about at random times later in the future. I mean, this was years ago. I'm still laughing about these stories, but, but the more importantly, it, it forged such a, such a sense of connection with these other women. Like I would see the woman who told about her, she was commando in soccer shorts in Home Depot and, and her, her kid pulled her shorts all the way down to the floor. She, she, she had to bend all the way down and get the pants and, and pull them up, you know, like, so her, her bare booty is sticking straight up in the air at the Home Depot. She pulls her, her, <laughs> she pulls her pants back up and then she's like, maybe nobody saw it. And she looks behind her. There's a Home Depot guy standing right behind her. <laughs> so, okay. Not only do I still laugh my face off about that story years and years later, but when I would see her in the school pickup line, I'd be like, there's my girl, you know, I love her, you know, and I just felt this connection. And, um, I, I could just go on and on about how many connections I forged that day. It isn't that I had person to person interaction with every one of those women at the party. And had I, I wouldn't have forged such good connections, but it's because we sat there and we showed each other our underbellies. We showed each other our imperfections and our foibles. There was another great one. And I'm hoping to get this gal on the podcast. She's just so busy. She was on, on honeymoon at, uh, in some place I've never been, some tropical paradise and her bungalow was over the water and they had this glass coffee table that you could see the fish through the coffee table and she said she was getting ready for dinner and she had just got out of the shower and she was naked and she's like some for some reason she's like kind of sitting on the coffee table and all of a sudden it breaks (laughs) and she's like she's naked on this broken glass coffee table like if she falls through she will be in the ocean naked (laughs) So, and her husband didn't know what to do and she's hurt, you know, so yeah. he starts calling like, ho- he calls hotel employees in. And so the hotel employees are marching in one after another, they get her onto the bed and she's like, all I can think is suck it in, suck it in. You got to pose. Look, there are all these strangers naked. So, you know, it's just, and I love that woman to this day. And, and it's not just that I love her for that story. But when things have happened in life, she's come to mind and she and I have been able to be there for each other in ways that it would never have occurred to us to be before we knew those stories about each other. So it's almost just like this fast forward to intimacy. Yes. But it isn't, it's not the false intimacy that we 
sometimes try to put on when we meet someone that we think we would really get along with. So we just kind of start acting like we know them better than we do. It's not like that. It's like, I've seen the inside of your messy self sister. And I know that you and I are similar in that way. Not only are we similar, we're willing to share it. And so therefore we're connected on a deeper level. So I started my podcast because I thought I want everybody to have a place to share these stories. And I want to have a place where people can listen to these stories so that when they're having a bad day, they can get a belly laugh. When they leave their kid somewhere and show up to the school event without the kid, they can realize they're not the only one with the mom fail, you know? So, and it has just been so, so much fun. It's just, it's just a blast, but it's been, I've been talking to people all around the world and I've just, I just feel so much more connected and I've just heard so many. So the other thing I do is, so every time I get a woman on the phone, not only do I hear about her not so fancy stories, but then I talk about what is your life about? What are your passions? What are you, what's the message you're trying to get out into the world? And so I've just had some really deep, interesting, awesome conversations with women. I think this is such a great podcast because I, for my podcast too, I am all about women and sharing our journeys and our truth and the vulnerable stuff, the underbelly. I love how you say it, the underbelly, but don't we need to laugh in this world? Like I feel like, man, humor will change someone's entire perspective on that day, on a situation. Like you could have left your Dillard's experience where your dress was too small and you could have kept that to yourself. (laughs) You could have even felt shame about it. You know, you could mm-hmm. have like internalized it as for what are the laundry list of things that we all can be insecure about. You could have come up with one that resonated with you and that could have been that. And then you would have moved on and carried that little secret shame around with you. But instead mm-hmm. you are taking a funny experience that just isn't defining you at all. It's just an experience yes. in your life that didn't go perfectly and you're finding the humor (laughs) in it. You're willing to share about it. And then other people can step up and be like, Oh my gosh, yes, that is, that isn't exactly what happened to me, but this happened to me. And then you don't all of a sudden this like fake layer of shame or like embarrassment or insecurity Mm -hmm. that we would have lived with. Now all of a sudden it's completely lifted. We realize everybody has shit that they're dealing with. Everybody has yes. dresses that don't fit. Everybody <laughs> moves somebody at the, in the departments. I mean, it's just like, but it is so important to share those messages just to take away that pressure yeah. of having to be perfect. And I just think this is such a great platform that you're creating. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm just having so much fun with it. It is, it's, it's just a, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's very dovetailed with your mission, which is just to get real because it's not just, it's like, it takes a bad situation and it flips it on its head. You know, it's not just, it's not just that I can be okay with it. It's that I can, I can send out this, this, um, this love and this message of connectedness and just bring about some shameless. Yeah. I think shame is a really, really important topic. And I feel like you kind of hit it on the head with that because we can take an experience like that and we can internalize that to, well, I must be bad. Right. Right. But so just not doing that, it's like, I saw a meme the other day that said, if you, if you can find the humor in a situation, you're 90% there. And I, I didn't, I wasn't always like that because I used to take myself too seriously. Really? It's like, 
Yes. Well, I have another story about how I was at a swim meet and I got a piece of toilet paper stuck to the back of my black pants, but I didn't know it for like three hours and I was timing at the swim meet. So when you're timing, you lean over the edge of the pool, like every, you know, minute, 30 seconds with your stopwatch. And finally, one of the swimmers was brave enough to tell me about this toilet paper. And I was like, oh my God, I'm I'm not embarrassed. Yeah. Like I finally have either given up on life, which I do not think I have, <laughs> or I've finally grown into myself to the point where little embarrassing things like that do not shake the foundation of who I know I am. And furthermore, you know, we can turn it around as a, you know, and make it a gift to other people. So if you've had a toilet Love paper that. tail, you probably, yeah, it's just, it's just so much fun. <laughs> Gosh, what finally turned for you? Because I always like to know those moments in people's life. What was the moment when you're like, I'm not going to feel embarrassed about imperfections that happen in life to everybody. Like I'm going to learn to laugh at it. Like when did that switch happen for you? You know, I think it might have happened around a mops table. Are you familiar with mops? It's mothers of preschoolers, and it's kind of this international, um, non-denominational Christian thing. Well, you get together twice a month. You get you have a speaker. You're at the same table every time, so you get to know the ten women at your table. There's usually a leader, and then there are a bunch of moms with preschool kids, you know, babies up to three, and then there's a mentor mom at each table. Well, I was a practicing family physician before I had my kids, and I was always took myself super seriously, own worst critic, everything's life and death, which a lot of it was, you know, it's like, you just can't, can't screw up. And all of a sudden I, and I'd waited six years to have my first baby because Scott and I had been in, in education forever. And the only thing I'd ever wanted was to be a wife and a mom. But here I was 30 years old with no baby. So finally I had my first baby. I thought, listen, I'm a trained physician. I've been married six years. I've wanted a baby all my life. And suddenly I'm realizing like, uh, this is hard. <laughs> like, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. I don't feel as happy as I thought I was going to. So I really needed that relationship with the other women. And, and, and a lot of my friends had already had, their kids were already, you know, older or they hadn't had any yet. So, but I got to this, this meeting with these other moms of babies and I sort of started to f- sense that they were maybe impressed by the fact that I was a physician. And I was like, Oh, uh-uh. don't you dare be impressed by me. I am a freaking mess right now. <laughs> like, yes, I went to school. You did things I do. We all, are, we all have our thing. That's not what defines me. My roles don't define me. And, and so I really got, I think it was there that I started like going, I'm going to tell you all these crazy, funny things because I'm so desperate to hear that note that other people are struggling too. Furthermore, I want to show you that I'm not who you think I am as far as just because I have this title behind my name, I I deserve some kind of respect from somebody I don't. So I think it was then, and I was, I was 30, I was about 30, 31 when that happened. And, and, and you know what? The world did not explode. I wasn't perfect. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. These women still liked me. We, we, we're, I'm still friends with those women. So, and I'm a lot older now. My kids are teenagers now. <laughs> I totally yeah. agree. I think that when I feel like I finally had that turning point also, uh, probably around 30, where it's like my whole 20s, I was so concerned with body image and like I struggled with like eating disorders and I wanted to be accepted and wanted to be liked and wanted to be validated. And, and you're on stage. So that's, you're, that's even like way more amplified because you are in the public eye. It's, oh, Yeah. 
and you want everyone to think that you're good enough and all this stuff. But like secretly inside, I was like, oh my gosh, if they actually find out who I really am, no one's going to like me at all. So let me put up this big front. And then finally you get to this place where you're like, I am so tired of this. And I think that I slowly let myself get to know women and realize that everyone was going through journeys to the point where now I'm like you with my platform. I'm like, I am singing it loud and proud, swinging from the rafters, telling everyone my flaws Mm -hmm. to give people also the freedom, which I feel like you are doing to, to just be okay with being a hot mess. Cause we're all a hot mess. Like (laughs) it's not a big deal. And it's funny. If and you're perfect, nobody will like you because they won't be able to relate to you. And, and also, then you're not going to get anywhere in life. And you're lying. And I don't want to hang out with a yes, liar. Exactly. Yes. You know? Nobody will believe you. If they do believe you, they won't like you. It's no yeah. good either way. Man, <laughs> yeah. I am now to the point where if I'm around someone and they are so closed off with me that they don't, they're not willing to share. I'm like, I can't continue or, or I, I can like be around you and like be nice to you in, in social settings. So like, I cannot pursue deep relationships and invest time in yes. people if they aren't willing to share also. Because I'm like, what are we yes. doing here? Like, what is the point of this if we're not going to share and help each other? To me, it's to help each yes. other. Whether it's- yes. And you, you forge that connection. That's what I'm yes. after. I'm after heart-to-heart connection. I, I mean, I, I'm all done acting like, you know, I've got it all, you know, put together and I'm just this perfect, like, sorority girl with all the, the 10 outfits for the 10 different parties. I, you no. know, yeah. I- I was, you know, the movie Steel Magnolias where the gal says, laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. Well, I feel like depth through humor is my favorite conversation. And so I want to be deep. I want to go deep with someone, but we have to laugh about it. Like, I I mean, things are serious and I am not trying to negate the fact that sometimes things are not laugh worthy. And so I always tell my guests, I don't want you telling a story you're not ready to laugh about because it is a process when something happens that you, that really hurts you. It's okay to let it hurt you for a while. I'm not saying to completely ignore those feelings. I had all the feelings when I got stuck in the dress. I was just over it by the time my daughter got in the car, you know, (laughs) but I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've let myself get this heavy where, you know, this and that. And, oh, I just... I used to love clothes. It used to be one of my favorite things. And now like I'm really struggling there. Of course, you're going to feel all those things. But as soon as you're ready to share, and even maybe right before you're ready to laugh at it, if you talk to somebody you really trust, she'll show you how to laugh about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think having those, those girlfriends who can easily see the humor in things, but you know they love you. So they're not laughing at you. They're just helping you laugh along with them about the situation. It's golden. It's just so, it's just, it, it's great. And you know, one, I had a thing happen to me when I was a little girl. I haven't really thought about, you're bringing this out. I went to a slumber party once when I was like seven years old and I told a story to, and these were girls I didn't know very well. We'd just moved. And I told a little story that I thought was funny, crickets. And in that moment I thought, I'm not, I guess I'm not funny. Mm. And I grew, my whole life, I grew up saying, I love to laugh, but I'm not funny. I have, I'm humor challenged. I say that all the time. I always say, I love to laugh at other people, but I'm not funny. Yeah. Uh, Ridiculous. I've listened to you, but see, we, 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 we sell our, our, we sell ourselves a, you know, a, this bill of goods that isn't maybe even necessarily true, but we internalize it's like 
If you can see the humor in a situation, you are funny. You don't have to come up with the material. Life gives you the material, you know? And that's what I finally, I finally realized is that if I can just see the humor in something and try to share that genuinely with someone else to, to do like a, have a mutual laugh, that's what being funny is. It's an, but yeah. it's a vulnerable thing. And I don't try to be funny. I just love to laugh. <laughs> so right. yeah, I think, I think maybe what you're saying is you're not aiming to be funny, but you, you, you're easy to laughter because you do love to see the humor in life. And, so and that, you, that took me a while to figure out. So when you are seeing the humor in life, are you now trying to just catch funny moments and point them out? Is yeah. that how you do humor? So, yeah. So this is, this is my challenge to the listeners is start going through your day searching for nuggets that you can save to tell someone later to make themselves feel better about themselves. Okay. So give me an example of a day. Yeah. Okay. So one day I was going to the UPS store. I like to do a lot of shopping online, especially now that we are living in nowhere. And so therefore you're at the UPS store a lot returning stuff, right? Because I had a stylist tell me once, if you're not returning 40% of the stuff you're buying, you're keeping stuff that doesn't fit. So anyway, (laughs) at the UPS store and I drive this silver SUV. It's like this generic mom mobile, right? So I come out of the store, I open the door of my car and I cheek in to go sit in and I suddenly realize I'm sitting on a man's lap. (laughs) sorry. Oh, that's going to hurt ears. I'm sorry. You might have to, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Look, my car's right. And I'm like trying to make him turn your head and look, I swear to you, my car is right there. And it's the same kind of car, same color, same everything. Okay. So I file that away. Then uh, several months later, my daughter's in a musical theater production. I'm we, we here in Missoula. We have this outdoor ice cream place called the Big Dipper, and it's close to the theater. So a lot of times after they do their show, they'll, they'll, the cast will want to go get ice cream and sort of sit outside and mill around. Well, I'm an introvert and I'm done for the day, so I'm like, that's fine, honey. You just do that, and I'll sit in the car and wait, which I'm perfectly happy with. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm having a ball, and um. I see a couple of the cast members kind of walk by, and these are like anywhere from teenagers to adults and everything in between. This group was young adults. And this, I see him walking by and then all of a sudden my passenger seat, my door opens over here, but I can see my daughter over there. So I know she's, I know she's not ready. And this kid starts climbing in my car and we make eye contact with each other. And he's like, and he shuts the door and he starts running. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to let him be ashamed of this or feel bad anyway. So I burst open the door and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. It's not as bad as the time I sat in the guy's lap outside of the UPS store. So they came back and we're like laughing about this. And we're, I could just see the tension drain from his body. Oh, and, um, yeah. And later my daughter's, and at the time I didn't even tell my daughter cause I thought I'm not gonna, that kid was obviously very embarrassed. You know, that wouldn't even embarrass some people, but that kid I could tell was kind of anxious and upset kind of a kid. And just um, not super comfortable in his own skin. A lot like I was at that, you know. Totally. Maybe that old. But yeah. So anyway, I, I was like, I'm not going to tell Bailey because um, it's none of her business, honestly, to know, to know this. I trust my daughter. But yeah. I try to model not gossiping to my kids. So anyway, I hadn't told her. Well, anyway, several weeks later, they got into this conversation and, and he realized that she was my daughter. And he goes your mom is one of the coolest people I've ever met. That was so sweet of her. She leapt out of her car and I'm like, oh, I just didn't want him feeling bad. I'm like, the mama bear kicked in and I was like, uh-uh, I'm not letting that boy walk away feeling bad about this. You know, so 
that's, that's a perfect concrete example of how, you know, I could have just died. I practically sat on a man's lap straight, <laughs> and he wasn't even that nice about it. I think he was just shocked. I don't blame him. Right. <laughs> I could have just been like, I hate myself. I'm going to go bury myself in a hole. But instead, you know, I did feel a little bad about it for all my heart's pounding, whatever. But later I was able to use that nugget as a gift to the boy who almost climbed in the back of my car. So, you know, not only do, do, do I love to reach back in my memory banks and laugh about my stories and your stories and anybody's stories, who, anybody who will share their stories with me, that's a really wonderful gift. But the deeper gift is that I can then use that to make someone else feel not so alone. And wow. um, I, just, I just love it. It's just so much fun. So the, my challenge to your listeners is to go about your life noticing your foibles. And as soon as you're ready to laugh about it, foibles, F-O-I-B-L-E-S, I I think. It's an old lady word, I think. (laughs) What does it mean? I was watching. uh, It just means like your foibles is like mistakes, your not so fancy moments, basically. I think I might be using it wrong. I don't know. But anyway, notice, notice the things that you do that you're not, that are not so fancy in the moment. And as soon as you're ready to laugh about it, tell someone about it. And I bet you anything, it'll remind them of something that they did. And it just creates this ripple effect of joy. And you don't have to, I mean, you can save it. Like I didn't necessarily save the sitting on the guy's lap in the UPS store for that particular moment. But it just, I think because I was in the mindset of noticing these funny things and then being ready to whip them out when I need to, that I had that ready to go. So, and you know, I I don't know if you know anything about Enneagram. Oh yeah. What number are you? So I'm a two, okay, which you're is a like helper. a caretaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I feel like maybe that's why this has resonated so strongly with me because it's like, even as an introvert, I like I, I know people don't really th- think I come off that way, but I, I am. But it's the helper in me that wants so badly to create comfort and to make everybody feel comfortable in a situation and to help anybody who might be sort of on the fringe to, to pull them in and into relation that, that, I, that I just love this. So that, yeah, I, I just feel like it's, a, it's the caretaking part of me that has latched on to this um, concept and it's just so much fun. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off, no dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. 
But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection. In on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Well, you've really actually totally opened my mind up to to a new concept to this concept which i hadn't even thought about as humor as like therapy like i knew humor made you feel so good and i love to laugh but like i hadn't really thought of it so intentionally like you are thinking of it you know it's like i always thought oh yeah humor is so fun but i kind of take it lightly but actually humor is a saving grace it really can really help people like like with that boy that got in your car he could have been so embarrassed and that could have been something that he carried around with him like you did when you were seven that you're not funny what if that was a moment that mm-hmm. he would have carried around with him forever of embarrassment that he shamed himself over when really giving him some humor allowed him to release it and i mean i'm not saying it changes the whole course of someone's life but it actually really can be a medicine and a cure in it can a way. Be, yeah, it can be a lifeline. You never, you're walking around this world. You have, there's no way we can tell who need, needs a lifeline. Some people can be right on the edge and you just never know when you might toss out a little lifeline that they might grab onto and you, and you'll just go about your day. You won't know, but a little kindness, a little humor, a little, yeah, me too, a little eye contact. Hey, how you doing? It's things like that, that I think can push someone just ever so slightly into the moving in the other direction to where it could have a ripple of like the butterfly effect. It could have a big impact in their life. So you just never know. And I think that is an easy gift to give each other. I and, love that yeah, and, and the Brain chemistry. I mean, think about brain chemistry. When we laugh with each other, we are producing brain chemicals that are like the same chemicals that we produce when we're bonding with our baby or, you know what I mean? So it's, it, it, and I don't know all the biochemistry behind it, which actually I should look into because I would find that very fascinating, but I haven't yet. <laughs> but yeah, so man, you're, you're giving me, you're bringing out all this stuff. This is really interesting. You're good at this. What's your Enneagram number? I'm, I'm a four. So I am like a romantic okay. and individualist, like I'm a create creative. And so like, I, I love being a four because it, I'm always thinking creatively and, um, 
deep, and I, but I, gosh, the depth that I feel. It's just you like think a, deeply. It's exhausting. Are, yeah, exhausting authenticity myself. is so important to you. Yeah, yes. I, I, I hear. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the way I, I exhaust like myself as a two. Yeah. I, well, and you have, sometimes you just have to go like your wounds and be by yourself and mm-hmm. not worry about things for a couple of days. But the way I exhaust myself is I feel everyone's feelings yeah. so hard. Uh-huh. I, like the other day I walked into the garage and my husband was like, oh, hey. And I was like, are we mad at me? <laughs> I mean, like, that's how hard I feel other people's feelings. I'm like, oh, good Lord, Joanne, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, but, um, there are, I mean, there are pluses and minuses to each personality type. And I can see how being a four would be so exhausting because you are just deep into whatever you're deep into and wanting to make meaning out of it and wanting to be authentic, yes. but also individual and wanting to make sure you allow space for everyone else to, to do that as well. And yeah. Whew. Well, and sometimes I'll just go down a rabbit hole and I'll just spiral so deeply that I feel like I feel the weight of the whole world. I'll create whole situations for people and I'll like create the pain that they're going through. And then I'll sit in their story that I make up in my mind based on like pieces that I put together from seeing them in whatever, some social media platform or TV or news or whatever, or briefly hearing their story. I'll create a whole scenario of their life and I will just feel the pain all the way to the, when they were born as a child, walk through it when they were growing up with like where they weren't nurtured, where they were like, like all the things And I'm like, I am making this up. I don't know what they are going through. And I am absolutely yeah. crushing my own spirit because I am so worried that this person isn't fulfilling their destiny and being loved (laughs) and being seen for who they are. And I need to like help them be seen so they can flourish and find their purpose. And then I'm like, Caroline, it is not my job to save the whole world. Like I can't, it's too exhausting. And I don't even know what everyone needs. Like it's very egotistical of me to think that I know what everyone needs. That is so interesting. Suzanne Stabile does Enneagram teaching and she's a too as well. But I think this thing she says to herself might be helpful for you because she's a helper and a fixer. And she, she says she'll, and I do the same thing. She'll sit in restaurants and she'll hear snippets of stories. And all of a sudden she's like, I got to help these people. <laughs> but what she says to herself is, Suzanne, is this yours to do? Mm. And you might even, you might even say to yourself, Caroline, is this yours to know? Is this, is this your, your mystery to solve? Because we, I do the same thing. I make stories up about people. I fill in the blanks. I, I go worst case scenario, which maybe is partly my medical training. And I think, oh my gosh, I need to help this person or that person, or I need to like involve myself in this situation. And I've had to really step back, especially being a mom of teenagers, because it's not mine to do. They have to figure these things out for themselves. And the pain that I perceive some of my kids friends to be in hurts me so deeply but unless I have something specific on which I should intervene it just isn't mine to do I'm like honey if that kid needs some mom and you bring him right over and I'll take him to you know take him to my bosom but (laughs) (laughs) but you know if they don't open themselves up to that then it is not mine to do but I so you really have to catch yourself yeah oh it's but it's hard because we we feel man (laughs) Man, I know it's a blessing and it's a curse. And, but you know what, just like you are saying, you have to create boundaries with it. And that is what I'm really realizing in my life. And I'm so glad that you have flowed into my life because truly you are giving me a perspective right now of humor. It's such an important thing. 
tell me what you said again. In uh, you want depth with humor. What is your 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 tagline about? Yeah. So, um, it, humor through depth or depth through humor. I say it back and forth. Is my favorite conversation. So, laughter through tears was her favorite emotion. Depth through humor is my favorite conversation. Depth so through that humor. is. I love yeah. that. I'm really inspired by because, you. I'm going to try to start incorporating you know, some more humor into my conversations because that is a healing gift. Like you said, it's a gift to, yeah. to find some humor in that way. Mm-hmm. And I always, it doesn't I'm have so to nervous. be. It does, see, I think we assume if we're laughing, we're not going deep. Or that we're and like disregarding so, their pain or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and so but it doesn't have to be that way. We can have these deep conversations. We can see the humor in them and we can connect that way. And um, yeah, it, it's just, you can ask, it's such a good icebreaker. You can ask somebody and, and you, you might want to give them a, a heads up and it's not something that's very easy to answer off the cuff. Like what is your most embarrassing moment? Cause I swear to you, every time I have a guest, they tell me a story. I think of a new embarrassment that I've forgotten all about. Like just earlier today, I remembered about the time that I was at a bed and breakfast with my husband and I, you know, we're getting all romantic and I reach my foot down and I feel something and I pull out these dirty, tidy whities that I'm just like, ah! and, um, that was only embarrassing because then it caused a fight with my husband and I called the proprietor of the place and complained and everything. So anyway, not my (laughs) finest hour, but I had not thought about that story in so long. And so I talked to my niece, I I interviewed her early on in podcast and she goes, she was visiting. She goes, I don't know, Aunt Joanne, she's in her early twenties. I don't know if I have any stories. Well, she had some time. She sat down in an airport. Her list was two pages long in her phone by the time we did the interview. So these things don't come up easily because our defense mechanism is to forget them and smush them down. But if we can kind of bring them out, it's, it's not only a gift to ourselves because that's funny. I mean, those things are funny. We laugh about them. It brings joy. But then it just brings so much joy to each other. And it's such a good icebreaker. So yeah, if you, ever, if you ever give like preparatory questions for interviews, that would be one, I think, for somebody to bring you a nugget like that. And you could, you know, if you start off talking like that, it just the conversation just flows and you just realize you're connecting on a deeper level, even with, with laughter. So, yeah, I love that. Okay. So I want to briefly talk to you since you are a physician, we are in this really weird time. Like the coronavirus is hitting the entire world and everyone has a lot of fear. There's a lot of confusion. So much of our economy is shut down right now. Uh, Parents Mm -hmm. are worried about their kids, even though kids aren't supposedly contracting it easily at all. Um, what is, give us some physicians advice on how to walk through this, especially as parents with children, like how, how do you, what are, what are some, just give us some advice. Yeah. Uh, I was born a germaphobe <laughs> when my kids were young and we'd go into public restrooms. I'd be like, hands in the air, hands in the air. <laughs> um, so I think it's really important to teach your kids where the dirty places are in public places without killing their joy. And I've had to really find that balance as a physician and mom. We, the very first time we went to Disneyland, I ruined the first day. Cause every time one of my kids touched a handrail, I was like, ah, don't touch here's hand sanitizer. So I realized that you know, we can strike more fear than is healthy in kids. And so I think teaching just general, good, basic personal hygiene is very important. Um, 
the whole not touching your face thing is pretty new and it is brilliant. I think that's really going to, if we can ingrain that in our kids, it's really going to change things. Um, but to, I feel like we need to put care in front of fear and we need to put faith in front of fear. So that's not as much coming from the doctor part of me as the faithful part of spiritual part of me. But I feel like, of course, we need to be careful. And of course, we need to follow guidelines. But sitting inside your home reading every single negative story you can get your hands on and letting your anxiety spiral out of control is helping no one. So if you're somebody who loves all the information and needs that to feel okay, that's okay. If you're somebody who spirals with anxiety, give yourself a time limit. You will look at news for five minutes a day. You want to stay informed, but you do not want to wallow. Stay home when you can. If you have to go to the market, just stay away from people. Don't touch your face. As soon as you can, wash your hands with warm water. If you, when you get back, my husband and I, even we'll just take a, um, we take a disinfectant wipe in the store with us. We use it to open the door. We use it to wipe down the cart and then we, we have it so we can clean our hands. And then when we get back to the car, do hand sanitizer. When we get home, we wash with hot, hot water and soap. So I feel like you know, there are always people on either end of the spectrum. There are the cavalier cowboys who think nothing's going to hurt me. And then there are the people who are so wallowed down in their fear that they're crippled. Neither, neither extreme is good. So keep, you know, be, be careful and be safe and follow guidelines, but don't let yourself spiral into fear and help your neighbor. I think that we can all like, I know one of your neighbors has toilet paper. I know one of your neighbors has eggs. <laughs> you know, I know you probably have a neighbor who needs to be checked on. We, um, we live out in the country, so we only can see two houses from where we live. But one of our neighbors is a, a widow and he, or a widower. And my husband called him before we went to the grocery store last time. And he's, he's totally functional and independent. He's a great guy. And he needed, he didn't need anything. He said he was good. But then his granddaughter, Friended me on Facebook just so she could send me a thank you message. Thank you for checking on my grandpa. So I feel like this is a very unifying time for us. If we can, some of us will fall ill. Yes. There's nothing we can do to prevent. There's nothing we can do to prevent further people from falling ill. It's going to happen. The ball's already rolling in our country. We can help each other. We can bond together. We can be careful. We can be cautious and we can not let ourselves spiral into fear. That is really great advice. Oh, That's really you. great advice. That's really great advice. Cause it is like, I, I was not expecting, <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to ask medical advice. So I'm like, Oh, I don't <laughs> this, well, here's the thing. It's so funny though. I recorded a podcast episode about the coronavirus and COVID-19 and I totally did it from a, my faith perspective and, um, you know, put, being able to put faith in front of fear as I'm a very, very anxious person by nature. And I just think it's a miracle that I can even function right now. And it's because of my faith. But, but I told my mom, oh yeah, I recorded a, a special episode about the coronavirus. And she says, yeah, because you, you know, you actually are an authority on medical things. And I go, you know what, mom, the thing is, this is new to all of us. I'm not an authority. There aren't authorities right now. We're learning as we go. So it's really hard to say medically exactly what's going to happen. What did you, what were some of the highlights of the podcast that you were, did on the coronavirus? Well, my, I, 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 I read the lyrics from a, a song called What If by Nicole Nordeman, and it, she basically wrote it as an apology to a friend in college that she always argued with about, is there a God? 
because she was coming from a biblical worldview and he was coming from an atheist worldview. And her song was basically an apology saying, you know what, I'm so sorry I tried to cram that down your throat. I, I can see things from your perspective, but can you just consider what if? So what I really said in my podcast was, for the people who think that I'm completely bonkers to think there's a God and I'm going to heaven when I die, that's okay. I get that. I'm a very intellectual person sometimes. <laughs> um, but what if you're wrong? What if there is a God? What if you were made with a purpose and on purpose and with love and painstakingly by a creator who loves you and can't wait to be in relationship with you once your time on this earth is done? And even, you know, from now on, if you, if you allow it. And so basically I just said, here are some resources. If you want to start thinking about this in your life, here are some places to start because I have people in my life that are on all ends of the spectrum. My dad was basically agnostic slash atheist the whole time I was growing up. My mom was Christian. My sister and I were raised Christian, but we we were raised just basically to love and respect people no matter where they're coming from. I can't judge your compass. You can't judge my compass. My compass is the Bible. I don't know what your compass is. Sometimes I don't read my compass very well. Sometimes I lose it. I drop it. I let it break. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. we're all just doing the best we can. But I am convinced that the biblical worldview is the right worldview. And there's so much hope in that. So I just wanted to give that to people, even though it's very outside of my comfort zone. I like to just, I like to go deep and I like to laugh, but I don't, we don't tend to usually talk about faith on my podcast. We talk about things that are sort of affecting us day to day on in, in emotional and intellectual ways, but faith is a hard one because people really feel strongly about it. And you kind of, if you don't know where someone's coming from, I, I don't want to offend. Right. And I don't want to turn someone off because if you just think I'm bonkers and, and, and I completely convince you that you're right, that this is, you know, fruitless, then that's a disservice. And I don't want to do that. So. so how did you tie that into the virus situation? Okay. Because, um, I met a young man who was told, going through some depression a couple of days ago and we did not get to talk very long. We we're talking briefly. And he told me, I am terrified to die. Mm. And that's what he's taking away from this situation right now with this virus. He's in his thirties. He's a a, you know, a healthy guy and he is shaking in his boots, terrified. And what I can't tell you is you're not going to die of COVID-19. You probably won't like statistics are basically, I mean, you guys, this is, it's scary and it's new every, and everything. But if we, you know, perspective wise and numbers wise, we're, none of us are at very high risk. Um, but what I, what I saw was the desperation in him that he doesn't know what happens after he dies. Therefore he's terrified. And I thought, I want people to know that I have, for me, I have it figured out. And I just wanted to give people resources to start looking into it themselves right now. While we all have more time at home, we have time to reflect. It's a really good time to look into it. You know, what do you think about eternity? What do you think about life after death? What do you think about God? Where do you think we came from? And there are resources and, and we can start to kind of look into that and start to kind of educate ourselves and start to really kind of look into what we think. Because I think a lot of people will say, yeah, I believe there's a God, but then they never really look into it more deeply than that. And it's time now to look into it more deeply, I feel. Because I feel like the more sure we are about our, about our life after death, the more abundantly we can live our life here on earth because it frees us from so much anxiety. So that's how I tied I it into that. I love coronavirus. That. 
And I love that. I love that you started off by saying like, I can totally see your perspective, but maybe there's another perspective. And I, I walk that same line. Like I well, not the same line as you. We all have our own personal faith, but like, I'm very spiritual. I'm very connected to God, but I also love to have my hands held open for everyone. I think it's just so important that you find your own way with God. And like, however you Mm -hmm. find that connection for me, I'm like, just for your own self and your own peace of mind, like you say, if you can find the connection with this higher power, this bigger source of love, it really does free you up from so much anxiety and fear on this earth. And I'm also like you, I have a ton of anxiety. The only way I get rid of my anxiety is when I am in constant prayer and walking with God and like feeling, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm feeling that presence that there's something so much bigger happening here and God will use yeah, all of this yeah. for something good ultimately. And I have to believe that or else yeah. especially now being a new mom, I just, I, I fall apart daily if I don't keep God at the forefront of my mind. Yes. It's just too many things to it's, worry about. Yeah. It's like when I was in residency, I thought I freaking love my job. It's so fascinating. I get to help people. I get to figure things out. If you're on 30 medications, great. I'm so fascinated. I'm going to figure it all out. And then all of a sudden when I was done with residency and I didn't have attending physicians and the buck stopped with me, it got real scary real fast for me. And I feel like that, that's... Figure. You're deciding what people's fate is and their health. Yeah. What and I don't have anybody them. to check with. Yeah. Yes. What to prescribe them, what to diagnose them with. Wow. That's a yes. big responsibility. What to downplay and what to look into. And I would sit straight up in the middle of the night and think, oh my gosh, I didn't check this on that, this, that, about this patient or whatever. And I'd freak out, you know? And I remember... Um, Right around 9-11, that's how old I am. I was in the shower when I learned about the Twin Towers going down and I was on my way to work and I remember I had, I had my little flip cell phone in my bathroom and I was real worried about a patient of mine. And I, I just looked up her phone number in the computer system and called her at home right then. I was like, that's it. I, can't, I just can't handle all this worry and all this everything going on at once. And so I, um, I feel like if you think the buck stops with you on this earth, that's a lot of pressure. Yes. But knowing that the buck actually doesn't stop with us and that there is a bigger plan and that there is a, you know, a God and that there is a, a loving God who's, who's, who's looking out for us and has a a plan to me that just alleviates a lot of that buck stops with me anxiety. And I I think that, that, um, yeah, we just, we need that. We need that more than ever in this, in this life. And like you said, it's going to look different for everyone. And I definitely don't want to be pushy, but um, what I really think people need to say is at least this, Hey God, are you there? Mm-hmm. Like if you're there, will you show me in a way that resonates with me? There's no harm in that. I swear, even if you're an atheist, even if you're a dyed-in-the-wool atheist, there's no harm in saying that in your head to God. Yeah. You know, there's just, there's no downside to it. I totally agree. (laughs) My my husband is now, look, he's knocking on the window with my baby. He's sitting there knocking on the window with my baby saying, (laughs) mom, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Need milk, need milk. Um, okay, Joanne, I so have loved chatting with you. I want you to quickly tell us where everyone can find you and tell me all of your links, your social medias, your new clothing line coming up. Tell me all that really fast. I'm going to ask you one more question to wrap it up. Wrap it up. 
Okay. You can find my podcast at fancyfreepodcast.com. My blog is cozyclothesblog.com. And my shop is Shelfie Shop, S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E. We're still in production. You can see what my products are there, but you can't order yet. Or if you do, it'll be back ordered. Um, on Instagram, I'm I've got dishes because I've always got a you know stack of dishes in the sink. That's that's my personal Instagram. Then I also have a fancy free podcast Instagram and a Shelfie Shop Cozy Clothes is my other Instagram. On Facebook, I have Fancy Free Podcast Facebook, a Shelfie Shop. Facebook. And then I have a Facebook group called the Fancy Free Group where we can tell each other our embarrassing stories in the privacy of this little group. Um, that, those are the, most, the, the main places where you can find me. you got a lot of outlets. Oh, it's, I was just talking to somebody earlier today, like, help me streamline this. This is too much. <laughs> I, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. I like it all though. Okay. So but the podcast is fancyfreepodcast.com. And it is. And you can find that wherever podcasts are. Okay, so I wrap up with every person. Um, my final question is, leave your light. What do you want people to know? I want people to know that you don't have to take life so seriously, that you can find humor in most things, that it is not trivial, but it can be life-changing to just show your underbelly and share your humor with the world. I love that. Joanne, thank you for joining me. Fancy Free Podcast. Um, and this is airing tomorrow. Woohoo! Awesome. Now, you're so efficient. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for having me. This has been a joy. I feel like I could talk to you all day. I know. Me too. Okay, don't hang up. I'm going to end this recording, but then um, don't hang up yet. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.